Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the 13th Year Podcast. This is episode number 16. I'm Tim McCory. And I'm Jack Salvin. Now, uh, the last couple weeks, we have had big expectations for our episode as we are back in New York, but that has been cut short. Um, so we're dubbing this episode the COVID special. So <laughs> not, not the most exciting, but Jack, you want to kind of give us a brief recap of the last couple of weeks? It's now been two weeks since I've been back in New York and uh, well, some stories to tell. Yeah. Um, so kind of as we mentioned last episode, uh, we had plans to go to Boston, which did happen. Uh, we've kind of just gotten together with friends a few times, had a few poker nights. Uh, and it was going pretty well, pretty much as expected the first few days. But um, Christmas Day, uh, in the group chat, we get a text from Timmy saying that he has tested positive for COVID. Um, so that's why we are not sitting next to each other as expected for this week's episode and partially why uh, last week's episode or the previous episode was so delayed. Uh, and then, let's see, a day after that, my dad tested positive uh, which means he's quarantining and I was close contacts. I was in the same house as him, obviously. Um, so I'm kind of self isolating my room. I have the booster, so technically I don't have to, but, um, if my mom or sister got it and I didn't somehow, I would want to catch it from them. Um, so I'm just basically trying to limit my, uh, quarantining, as much as possible, try to get out before New Year's because that would be uh, something that I wouldn't really want to miss. I have a lot of FOMO, so <laughs> that's yeah. kind of my main goal personally. Yeah, it um was definitely Christmas to remember. So, so not going to go into details about the kind of travel back and the Boston trip as we'll be doing that um, in next week's episode with a guest, but there was definitely a lot of COVID in Boston looking at the numbers it probably there's an argument that it wasn't a great idea to go and I had my booster appointment for once I got back which also probably wasn't a smart plan but we go and I'm pretty confident that probably where I contracted it was uh, at TD Garden at the Celtics arena there where you know it's 20,000 people people eating popcorn drinking soda drinking anything else and people's masks are down so pretty confident that's probably where I contracted it, obviously with a couple of days of incubation and I uh, took a at-home test. I had been uh, testing it daily with the at-home test and Christmas morning, the two lines showed up and it was a positive test, which bad news, you know, Christmas morning, it's just a funny time that after two years, that's where, that's where the positive test comes in. So I've been locked up in my bedroom here, you know, put put together a nice little corner here for the video episode but uh with with just some weird stuff i mean it only took about an hour to throw random shit together it, it wasn't that long i got a candle here called dogs are my people which is <laughs> leather musk and grass i got some christmas lights i have i don't know if you can see it but pottery that me and jack did in um intro to pottery in oh my god i remember that that was that was that's a story to tell. That was class. that was fun. And then uh, got this recliner from my grandma's house. 
got a map behind me and I think it's out of frame, but there's this spooky cabinet right here. I don't know if you guys can see that, but got a little set together. I know we had more ambitious plans for our first video episode, but that's how it co- that's how it's that's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the cookie crumbles exactly. And just an update on my health. Fortunately, uh the COVID hasn't been too extreme. Um it's been four days now. Uh still testing positive and it you know, I had a bad cough. Obviously, it sounded a little congested right now. Um, had a sore throat Christmas morning, but it hasn't been anything too bad. The worrying piece is that I was with family and grandparents and we're hoping that they didn't contract it. They've so far been testing negative, but obviously that's, you know, takes time for what would be a positive test to show up. So hoping for the best there. Thankfully, I'm feeling good, but um the whole situation, both with my end of the, my end of COVID here and Jack's down the street, we thought that you know it's almost been officially two years. It's been two years since COVID's been around. Um, in a couple of weeks, it will be two years since the actual like pandemic started. So, uh, we kind of wanted to do an overview of the last two years because that's something that we think will be valuable in the future. And I mean, it it's took two of you know important years of our lives so it's i think an interesting thing to kind of document and record yeah so uh instead of kind of going over more in depth what we've been doing uh the last few weeks um and instead of having guests we're pretty much just going to go through a timeline of the last two years we've kind of picked out some important events um and just things that COVID has uh, directly affected or indirectly uh, throughout kind of the entirety of the past two years. Uh, so I think it should be a really unique and really cool episode that I think will be extremely valuable to look back on uh, in the future, you know, showing our kids or just the generation that comes after us who hopefully aren't experiencing this type of thing. Uh could just be really valuable and just kind of one of those like being able to tell your story to uh the younger generation 100 percent. so we kind of want to do this in chronological order kind of just talking about what the last two years have kind of consisted of so to start it off i'll set the scene it is november 2019 uh in my AP bio class with Jordan and Cyrus and uh, our teacher, Mr. Jennings for a couple months from like November into December at the beginning of every class, we would talk about this coronavirus that was kind of in weird in science journals and hadn't really broken into mainstream news, but it was really interesting before it kind of was big. We actually were talking about it every day in class and about he, he was explaining, you know, as a very uh, transmissible respiratory disease, this is the kind of thing that could cause a worldwide, you know, pandemic. And it was really interesting to see it develop. You know, originally it was in Wuhan. It's You saw how fast it was spreading, how China was responding to it as it expanded. And then, um, and then, you know, Jack, Jack wrote here, well, I guess that's that's for you to say. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't really remember why 
I don't know why I remember this, but uh, sometime in December of 2019, uh, I had some kind of study hall or something, and I was in the library, and I was reading either just some magazine subscription that they have, and the magazines come in every month or bi-weekly or, or, or however, uh, or just something on my phone, and it mentioned COVID, um, and it just kind of popping up in China and it kind of spreading quickly and just kind of the initial story of uh, the wet markets and stuff. And I don't know, it was, I don't really know why I remember that, but it was just kind of like, a, oh, that's interesting. But we kind of get these uh, pandemics like every few years where uh, the media kind of hypes it up to be a lot and then maybe there's like one or two cases in the U S and it kind of just dies out eventually. Uh, you know, the wonders of modern medicine and such. Um, but that was not the case this time, but that was just kind of ignorance on our part retrospectively, I guess. Yeah. Should have paid more attention. <laughs> so then after, you know, those couple of months we had February break where both of us actually went to Florida. I, I visited my grandparents with my cousins in Vero beach um and at that point it was more and more in the news uh my uncle's a doctor so he was with us we were like should we even be going and obviously uh we had no idea what was about to come and this was just a couple weeks this is the end of february obviously stuff started to happen in march so it was you know a trip in right before right before the storm yeah i i remember uh well, kind of looking back on it, like one of the last days we were there, we went to Disney World and it was just like crazy because literally like two weeks after that, that would have been like the number one place you would not want to be in the entire US would be Disney yeah. World. So it's just like crazy to look back and be like, it was totally normal. Like no one was wearing masks, no nothing uh, to just be walking around this massive theme park with people from all over the US and all over the world, just like intermingling kind of without any uh, health restrictions uh, and COVID was in the news, but it, it would explode like crazy and just spread like wildfire literally just weeks after this. Yeah. And I remember as, as we came back uh, the beginning of March, um, you would see a couple people wear masks in class. I know there was one, one kid in that bio class who, who wore a mask for like several weeks beforehand. And it was, it was like, I mean, obviously masks have been so uh, normalized now, but at that time you got looks, you're like, why is, who's this kid wearing a mask in class? Like, and I remember the week before March, like there were groups uh, where we were like, let's bring masks to school, like sort of as a joke and sort of like, is this thing coming? Um, But then obviously that all kind of reached the high point when, on March 11th, my sister's birthday, the NBA closed and Trump did the presidential announcement from the Oval Office explaining that, um, you know, COVID's real. And then it was two days later where school actually closed. And Jack has an interesting screenshot from that day. Yeah. Uh, before we show that, though, like, I, I wasn't watching the, what was it, Jazz Mavericks? I think it was it was jazz somebody I am 
can't recall exactly. Most importantly, the jazz. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't watching it, but I was on Twitter and I just saw, I saw the clip of Rudy Gobert, who was the starting center, all-star center for um, the jazz still is. And he was like touching the microphone and stuff. And he was kind of making fun of COVID, right? Yeah, he was a hundred percent. I mean, no one knew what it was, but there were concerns about it. And he was like coughing on the mic and rubbing his hands everywhere. And Yeah. And this was like some pregame interview or maybe it was the day before. I think it was the yeah day before something like that. Yeah. Uh, but right before tip off, he tests positive. So at the NBA, it goes into crisis mode immediately and they pull the players literally off the floor like right before i think it was during warm-ups or something yeah it was like right before tip-off they got an announcement they just like ran to the locker room without saying anything yeah and the crowd just had to kind of disperse and you know Woj tweets out that the nba suspended and that's it for the nba for like what two or three months at least yeah i think it was initially a short delay before they obviously like could have been two weeks. I I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, kind of going back to the school closing, which was only two days after this, uh, I can kind of show people it'll be mirrored. But I think you're better off just explaining it. Yeah. So this is just a an abode group text, which is five people, uh, all of which have been on the pod. So me, Tim, Chris, Toby, Spencer, and Will. Uh, and Timmy says, Shen, which is a nearby district, canceled three weeks. Schenectady canceled one, another nearby district. Uh, and then I say, all the way until break. Uh, should have had a question mark there. Uh, Timmy says, <laughs> confirms that Shen did. I'm like, damn. Will says, we, should, we have Monday off. Timmy says, yeah, I'm at school. Uh, so are we at least getting one week off? And I say, eh, it's Niski. So that kind of shows the like epitome of our complete ignorance. And Niskuna is infamous for not closing on uh, for like snow and stuff like that. So we were not, uh, I guess, hopeful <laughs> to no. get time off school. And uh, I think initially it was like a week or two by the end of the weekend because that was a Friday the 13th. Um, it was initially that weekend and yeah. maybe the Monday and then it closed for a week and then closed for two weeks and then they still had a plan after those two weeks to, or we had break. No, we didn't have break. I feel like there was like a plan to come back in some capacity after break, but then it just kept getting worse and worse and they're like, never mind. Yeah. And, and a lot of schools are like closed for like the rest of the year, but Niski just kept doing like two weeks. We'll reevaluate it <laughs> after two weeks. Like, but. Uh, so I guess at that point, it was pretty chill. Like, we everyone was stuck to their house, like confined to their house pretty much. But, um, you know, it was basically just an extra break from school. We'd been going, going into school just like normal because everything was normal pretty much at the time. So it just kind of felt relaxing. It wasn't like, depressing or anything at that point because we only thought it was going to be maybe like a two-week break and we'd come back maybe there's masks or something yeah uh, and and then as it kind of continued to be extended and the severity of the situation was realized uh i i remember there were a lot of points where it was really worrying like 
um, saw some of the news initially was international, how bad it was in some hot spots, Italy. Then obviously in New York, it was just horrible, you know, hospitals overfilled, people wearing like hazmat suits to the supermarket. I remember we initially were wearing like gloves and masks and bringing spray around with us and all that. So delivering groceries for grandparents, at-risk people. Um, so I remember in those first couple of weeks, initially it was, okay, this is going to be a great break. Oh, shoot, this is bad. Look <laughs> yeah. at these other places. And then it was like, this isn't going to be going away for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I have like a specific shot from, I don't know, CNN, NBC, one of the two, of like them carrying bodies and body bags out of hospitals in like New York city. Cause they were overflowing and that stuck yeah. with me so much. Cause I was, that's kind of when it hit me like the real severity of it. And, uh, at the time, I think we understood a lot about it, but it was, it, we still didn't know as much as we know now. Yeah. I, I remember there were times when we were not sure how, how easy it was to, to catch it. Like there were people who said, Oh, you know, it'll stay airborne for 15 minutes. Like if someone coughs at the supermarket and you walk through their cough within 15 minutes, you could get infected and like all sorts of crazy stuff like that, which like now they're saying you don't even need to quarantine if you're, unless you're in close contact within six feet for 15 plus minutes. Like uh, there were all these unknowns, obviously no one was vaccinated at that point. So we knew a lot, but we also like, didn't know a lot and the whole six feet thing was people were following that so strict even though that hasn't always been considered like the most like it's not like the virus dies after six feet and you know <laughs> yeah um so in those first initial weeks it was really just you know if you stay at home you're gonna be all right keeping busy i remember we did a lot of car circles where people would drive in a circle with masks and we would all wave to each other and just <laughs> chat um we played a lot of video games. I so many video games. am not the biggest video game guy. I I remember the three games that I played the most was Ticket to Ride, which is a board game, the digital version, like on FaceTime and Risk. And then me, Jordan, and Toby uh, started playing Apex, which Apex Legends we played from on a strict schedule of 9 p.m. to midnight for just months. On, it, it could have been like eight months in a row. Every single night from 9 to 12, we would play Apex, which... It was fun. It was like the first video game I ever actually like learned how to play. And then the only other thing was just finding projects to do. Um, I remember with friends, we started doing some like socially distant short films, which uh, Jack knows, you know, of course the Ch Chase fan franchise, Chase, Chase verse. Uh, so there were some classics there. I tried to do a little renovation of the attic here, did some, art with friends uh like built a garden oh, yeah. with the family like stuff like that it was really just like weird it was like this time in your life just appeared where you're really just trying to fill up time and that was definitely a weird feeling yeah actually now that you mention it i think the first day so the saturday march 14th you me jordan and toby went to your treehouse i think unmasked and we were just like painting this uh album cover this yeah I think Lucy album that was cover. i think that was do you think that was that close after yeah because he dropped like right like the week before or something yeah you're right end of february yeah. i think 
Yeah, it must have been because we went to the store. Like we weren't too worried about COVID at that point. So, because I know their parent, like his parents got really strict about everything. So that must have been near the beginning when we didn't realize how severe it was. Yeah. And uh, I also was like playing so many video games. I know that uh, me, Toby and Jordan and you and Chris, uh, we'd played a lot of 2K. Yeah. Uh, played a lot of Warzone. Probably got a total of about two wins in four months. <laughs> and uh, I think some Fortnite, if I'm re- remembering that correctly. Yeah, people play a lot of Fortnite. The Fortnite buzz was before that, though. Yeah, that was a little bit of a, a renaissance. It was, and it's come back now. I mean, yeah, but uh, I guess the other big thing before we get into kind of the summer was also December 2019. My Christmas gift to Alice was prom tickets, uh, and the plan was to fly her out here for like a week and uh, have her be able to go to prom uh, with her Nisky friends which is kind of something she's always wanted to do ever since she moved away. Uh, so it was, yeah. So it was, uh, it was a really big deal for her. Like I recorded her opening the present over FaceTime and she was like, crying and stuff like happy tears. Uh, so it was like crushing when I think it was literally two weeks before or something like promise canceled flights had to be canceled. Like, Oh, it was awful. Like, it was something we had both been looking forward to for months, me even longer, because I knew it was uh, coming. And she, she'd gotten a dress and stuff for it. It was, that was really tough. Um, on the inverse, inverse, on the flip side, flip side <laughs> works, on the flip side. Uh, me, and, me and my people were very happy about prom being canceled. We, we, to, we don't need an excuse to hang out with people we don't want to hang out with so <laughs> we're happy to see that go but obviously in retrospect we feel horrible for jack and alice <laughs> yeah uh but i mean i think that was the first like major event cancel which was huge for me not as big for probably most people uh i'm sure some people are sad like oh, i just spent 700 dollars on a dress which falls way too much but uh i don't feel bad for any of those people yeah i don't really either so and then of course during this school was transitioned online as well which yes was just chaos because none of the teachers knew how to do anything they were all on different platforms um they didn't even have regularly scheduled classes for that whole time um i remember the only thing i had during from the onset of the pandemic to the end of that school year was like we would have a 30 minute google optional google meet in my u.s history class which was like nice to go to because it was nice to kind of like a little bit of a distraction talking to people whatever but like not everyone would go classes were pass fail it was all uh oh yeah the pass fail thing it was all what what's the word um not at the same time like they would just give it to you um like you don't have to it's not live class they would give you work and you do it by some due date yeah, it was that was so weird. It was basically like all work was homework, but it was way less homework than we even normally had. Some and teachers pass fail didn't too. do anything. Yeah, yeah, and it was you could opt for pass fail, um, which probably saved 
some people, but for oh, it definitely saved people. I'm not going <laughs> to point fingers, but it saved it saved people. Um, but it was also fair. I mean, people were in confusion. It was a worldwide pandemic. You didn't want to be stressing about homework at that point. So I thought, yeah. you know, that was probably handled the best that it could. Um, pass fail. People well, being able to slack out of stuff probably was the right thing to do. I don't know if it was handled the best it could have. The my mom's a high school teacher, uh, teaches seniors, and administration for Niskian, and I'm sure pretty much across the board because I've seen this um, said many times, like online and stuff, that uh, school administrations did a really bad job with uh, teaching the teachers how to use the technology they were giving them, yeah, and really giving them any guidance at all. Uh, so it was that's why it was like totally wild and inconsistent because every teacher was doing what they thought was best uh, which was different from teacher to teacher because the district wasn't really telling them exactly what to do yeah so that was really rough on the teacher's end and that stretched all the way until the following year like the guidance just was not there at all yeah um well it it did improve and they standardized stuff for the next school year but yeah. Um, so summer 2020 was, you know, pre-vaccines still deep in the pandemic. There, uh, you know, wasn't too much. It it definitely did not feel normal. I mean, people were not hanging out like normal. No. Uh, I mean, summer was supposed to be the death of COVID. And cases did go down a lot. Yeah. But there was kind of like this hope that it was going to kind of be like the flu where it pretty much becomes non-existent during the summer, which didn't really happen, but it did definitely kind of go down. The worries went down. That's when you started seeing videos from like Florida and stuff of groups of thousands of people just partying in the streets and spreading it all over the place. Yeah, but it definitely had gone down, obviously, with people outside. Um, And we had, you know, the bubble bubble was happening we were starting to kind of unmask in our close circles like not going out publicly unmasked but like if you're over at a friend's house no mask we would have our weekly fire at jack's house um and it was generally a good summer it was nice to have school over and it was kind of a lot of like what the beginning of the pandemic was it was like what do we do with all this time Uh, yeah it like Stuff was starting to return, but there was always like one or two things that were changed because of COVID, which I, the NBA bubble is a pretty good example. Like there was still basketball. The finals still happened, but it was in a enclosed area in Florida where all the teams were in the middle of summer. So that was just kind of a, a pretty good symbol of kind of what summer of 2020 was and i feel like summer of 2020 is also where the political divide really started happening especially after those uh videos of like southern states opening up way more than northern states uh started popping up and people you know like you shouldn't you shouldn't be doing that you should have way more regulation and like that back and forth i think was the first uh true uprise of that division yeah, and also during that that the summer was when we saw the murder of George Floyd and oh, the yeah. protest. Um, 
and then I mean I think just less worldly and more in our circle I remember big thing that I was doing along with Will and Jack or not Will Jordan and Toby was we started playing our cheap version of golf um we all had clubs that we like found in like my grandfather's attic from like 30 years ago and we would only play at places where they would give us like (laughs) where they would give us like a junior discount or it'd be like 10 bucks to spend you know four hours there we are the cheapest golfers i mean i like to follow the rules like i'll play cheap if they think i'm 15 i can get half off i'm okay with that I wasn't a fan of sneaking onto places, but they did a whole bunch of that and just no respect for the game. But it was a fun (laughs) summer of finding things to do outside. And what that consisted of was our low quality golf, which we actually got pretty good playing like totally the opposite of your average, you know, country club golfer. But it was fun. That was a fun thing to do. Um, And I think during the summer, by the end, especially, you know, people were unmasked around friends and stuff was definitely getting back to normal. Gyms opened back up. Um, yeah. So then that brings us to the beginning of our senior year. And this is fall 2020, um, where it was a weird time. School was online and in person um, for people that chose. And almost everyone initially chose to be online. Um, it was the elections were coming up, Biden, Trump, you know, craziness after all the protest and um just the political divide was as evident as ever so tense yeah um and then we were getting back into school so it was weird we got back on initially almost everyone was in person it was like every other day what was it every yeah. other day yeah and the days that you weren't in person, you were online uh, with like a Zoom or a Google Meet actually in the classroom. So masks in school, um, temperature checks, and um, they actually had some sports going on. We had soccer with masks on, gym was open. So for a couple of weeks there, uh, it was pretty normal. Like me and Jordan would wake up every morning, go to the gym go get our coffee, our free coffee, because you know how cheap we are. We ripped off Panera's unlimited free coffee plan. (laughs) But uh, we'd go to school. And then after a couple weeks, people started kind of transitioning out of the online school and going fully remote. Yeah, uh, I think it took me like two or three weeks to realize that it was just way better to just go fully remote, give myself an extra hour to sleep in yeah Uh, and i don't know it was just such a weird vibe being in school like there was no social aspect which made it like why am i not just staying home and making it as easy for myself as possible that's 100 percent how i saw it i thought it was just depressing i mean you would so it was only half the kids in there as normal everything was spread out you were like most i didn't have too many friends on my day just how they divided alphabetically plus with how they lined up lunches i like had so few friends so it would be going to school masked literally not talking to anyone just walking through silent hallways having lunch you know 12 feet away from some kid who i'm like sort of friends with and like how you doing and it just like was just depressing really um and then online it was easy you could stumble out of bed 
be half asleep in a Google Meet. Um, and and I thought that, that it was kind of designed to be online. And for just you know a month or so in, it seems like almost everyone had transitioned transition to fully online, which I thought worked pretty well. It was all in the Google Suite, which I know you kind of mentioned a little while ago how it wasn't as you know better set up as it could have been but i thought that everything in google classroom and google meet worked out pretty solidly yeah uh, especially by the end of the year i think it was like pretty much down pat like i don't think there were any real issues um i mean there's kind of the concern from uh teachers that you know most of the kids had their cameras off and kids were sleeping through class and stuff which definitely happened there were definitely classes where um kids weren't learning really what they should be learning and obviously the testing atmosphere is really really difficult online because pretty much every test is an open note test at that point yeah uh, so it's really hard to gauge how much kids are learning but uh i mean that was kind of the bullet you had to bite at that point uh for the safety and health of the students so yeah um, and online school worked out, um, obviously the election, uh, Trump loses and soon after the chaos of, um, you know, January 6th and from that point on just everything felt like it got more political, especially around COVID it shifted from social issues to, you know, health issues and, um, that was definitely, I mean, I remember January 6th, I was in the Catskills with my family and it was just like craziness to be watching that live. It felt like I was watching a London has fallen movie or something. Oh yeah. I, I was at home. I was in my room pretty much where I am right now. And I was on FaceTime with Alice and, uh, I think I just had the news on or maybe it was on Twitter and I saw something and I turned the news on on my TV and uh like i remember just seeing it all happen in the newscasters like freaking out like live which pretty much never happened because they're trained not to as much as possible and just be like oh my god like this is happening and someone like uh the lady who got shot in the neck and her getting rushed out you know blood like all over her like live television and not knowing who that was if that was because it's so fast like it was that a congressperson was that a security guard was that one of the riders like i don't i don't know um so that was like frightening knowing that they were literally hallways away from uh harming or potentially killing uh congress people whether it be someone like mitt romney or aoc or nancy pelosi or mike pence like that was just complete madness yeah and uh i also just want to before we get uh, too far away from it, go back to November of 2020 to Thanksgiving. Cause although COVID was kind of slowly going away in the summer or that's what it seemed like, that wasn't the uh, reality of it. Um, so my family's plan for Thanksgiving was to drive out to my grandparents' house on Lake Ontario and stay in a, uh, kind of camper van type thing. Uh, for the days that we were there and uh, we don't own one. So we had to rent one. So it was this like initial investment. And as we're driving there, 
Lily gets a call from her friend that her dad had tested positive, which meant Lily was close contact because she had been carpooling with them to softball. So on the drive there, we turn around two hours in, come all the way back, and Lily has to quarantine for, I think at that point, is still two weeks. Yeah, it's 14 days, I think. Yeah. Um, We had Thanksgiving at home for the first time in literally probably about a decade. And uh, we had it outside in the cold. We were all wearing coats so Lily could be out there. And she was still kind of on the other end of the table with a mask on when she wasn't eating. And, uh, I mean, that was just kind of the definition of a COVID Thanksgiving right there. So that was just a super unique experience. Yeah. So jumping back, um, after a normal-ish Christmas, uh, didn't get together with family, but we were masked and we did like would show up to their house and Carol with masks on. We did like a me, Will's family, my cousins, and uh, the Gallagher's other branch cousins all drove around in kind of a caravan and visited the people we know and brought like cookies and ate food and cocoa and coffee outside and sang carols. And, you know, it was normal ish. It was fun. Drove up to Galway to my grandparents um, and had like a socially distant kind of Christmas and it was normal ish. And then in a weird uh, turn of events, not exactly sure how we got away with this, me and uh, Will, who, you know, was on the show, my cousin actually got the chance to drive ourselves to Florida. Our grandparents who lived down there needed their car in Florida and they were going to pay this like service, like a lot of money to drive the car down. There was like, I don't know what they pay, like 2000 or something. So we're like, yeah, we'll drive the car down for free and stay some time in your house in Florida. Um, so at the beginning of the second semester uh, for the month of, I think, February, and we were unvaccinated at this point. Um, so we drove down to Vero Beach. Things were pretty normal at this point. Um, people had spent a lot of time with COVID pretty comfortable with it with the rules um with us not being extremely at risk we weren't really too worried our friend jordan was already down there for a soccer id camp um to you know get identified to play on a college team so we drive down we spend a uh, take it slow we do an airbnb in pennsylvania and in south carolina and then we spend a month in vero beach Jordan drives over from Tampa and spends a week with us to watch the Super Bowl. Then our friend Eric flies down, spends the last two weeks with us. Um, so kind of in the middle of all this, we had a month while doing online school in my grandparents' like little condo. It's like a two-bedroom apartment um, in like an old people. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. In like a 55-plus community. So... We are basically hanging out in this apartment by ourselves with a bunch of elderly people in like the retirement zone of Florida. Yeah. Hopefully that came out not too negative, but I mean, anyway. that's like half of Florida. Yeah. So it was fun. We, you know, went to school, went to the beach. Um, we're pretty safe COVID wise. We didn't really go out anywhere, um, but it was fun, obviously, escaping the winter. Then we flew back, still unvaccinated, and 
uh, made it to New York where it was cold. And then after that, we were actually able to get the vaccine, which began kind of the transition to what would be a short-lived, or actually pretty long-lived normalcy. Um, I got my vaccine in late March and early April. I think you got yours probably around then, right? Yeah, I got mine. Uh, first one beginning of April, last one, or second one, uh, end of April. And, and yeah, that was definitely just pretty normal. It was, yeah, it was at that point that once those two weeks were up, we were, I mean, we weren't following rules. I mean, we were following the rules. We weren't too strict on COVID before we got the vaccine, after it had already been around for, you know, a year and we kind of knew uh, we're familiar with it but once we got those vaccines we were it felt completely back to normal just after a couple of weeks i remember they took away the mask mandate uh when i was with uh will and we went to stewart's and there was a sign on the door that said no mask required for the vaccinated and that kind of began the summer of um you know a pretty normal time but before we get to the summer, there was uh, some exciting or noteworthy stuff that happened before the year ended while we were vaccinated. Uh, yeah, so... Not I to guess... smooth this transition there. <laughs> yeah. Got a little bit on a tangent. Uh, so I guess a little before summer in April, the one thing that's just a really unique experience that hopefully will never happen again, although with Omicron, I guess we'll see, um, it was a really empty Celtics game that I went to with my dad in April. Um, it was Celtics Hornets, I think. And I think it was like one group, maybe two per row. So it was so empty. The entire stadium was so empty. You could hear everything the players were saying on the floor, even though we were in the balcony area. Uh, there were kids like two rows ahead of us yelling down at the players and I'm a hundred percent sure they could hear it. Uh, it was honestly just like, it felt so much more personal, like between you and the game and the experience, I guess, cause there were, uh, so many less people there, but it, it was just such a weird experience that I'm sure I'll never get again. So I guess that was pretty noteworthy. Second noteworthy thing was in May is when the uh, Delta variant popped up, uh, which was pretty huge, I guess, in retrospect, uh, because... Yeah, basically all the COVID cases transitioned to the new Delta variant. Yeah, and that was kind of like a little bit of, you know, everyone's getting more complacent back to normal, and then, oh, here's a new variant that's more transmissible, and was it more dangerous, or was it kind of yeah, equal? Yeah, I, I think it was. Um. And then June, we had, that was the end of our senior year. So we had our um, kind of our version of prom, uh, which I don't think there were too many restrictions. There was a bit of a mask restriction, but it wasn't that strict. Um, I think people either had to be vaccinated or had a negative test, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, and it was pretty much all outdoors, but it it didn't really have the same vibe. People outside of the school couldn't come, so uh, yeah, the actual it was just like a dinner event. Yeah, it was pretty much a dinner event, and 
the food was not not great. Uh, very undercooked pizzas. Uh, and I guess to kind of come full circle at that point, uh, I was surprised by Alice in my living room, which I know that we've talked about before, uh, which after the COVID summer and not being able to see her last year for prom, the fact that she came like two days after our crappy makeshift one was really exciting and just probably the happiest I'd been ever since. I mean, a very long time, but especially since uh, COVID. And uh, she was able to go to our graduation, which although it was fairly normal, there were also some weird things uh, that kind of made it a bit different than it will probably be uh, in the future and what it has been in the past. I don't know if you want to kind of go through that and explain it. Yeah. Um, I thought, so, so it took place in the Times Union Center, which is like Albany's arena, you know, NBA sized, you know, 17,000 people arena that it was like a vaccine or negative test requirement. It was pretty normal. I'd say the only difference was that people were wearing masks, but, um, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was definitely a normalish end to what had been a crazy year of online school. It was like, we hadn't really seen everybody because everyone was online. Oh yeah. That was so weird. And then we were all together with masks on. It felt pretty normal, but it was a little weird. And it was like, you know, the last year and a half of our school had been online of high school. We were graduating. It's a big moment in your life regardless, but um, I don't know. I thought, I thought it was pretty normal and uh, you know, both post post the prom dinner and post graduation, we had um, some fun get togethers with friends. So you know, it was, I thought at that point with the vaccine, it was about as normal as it had ever been, uh, throughout the whole pandemic. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think our graduation was originally supposed to be in a parking lot or something. And then they, they were initially to... had it in the parking lot at, uh, SCCC. Yeah. Yeah. And the year before, did they even have a graduation or was it a diploma pickup? They had like an outdoor one at the high school, but it was, there was like, it was like parts of it were virtual one person or so it was weird yeah so they definitely got the short end of the stick in that part but yeah i can i guess we didn't really write this down but uh college admissions was also greatly affected by covid mm-hmm. and this was kind of around that time when you'd get uh, acceptance letters and stuff or before this but um if you just look at the numbers of how many, like the acceptance rates of uh, the 2021 20, uh, year, it. They're like, usually cut in like half. Yeah, literally cut in half. The applicant numbers were two times the amount or one and a half times the amount, depending on the school. So it just made it way harder to get into schools that people would otherwise get into uh, and just made the entire process a lot more stressful. Uh, and that's probably something that most people will never experience, which is why I kind of think our year ended up being the most screwed of any of them, even though year before has kind of lost their graduation and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there's was... an argument that they got, you know, negatively affected in a different way where they had to spend their freshman year and now their freshman and sophomore year dealing with it. So, yeah. But a hundred percent. But yeah, I mean that summer was literally 
almost entirely normal. Like Yeah. We I don't think we we were worried about it at all. We had thought that it was the beginning of the end for sure. Um we were playing basketball, going out, not wearing masks anywhere. I mean it was after getting the vaccine and when most people were vaccinated, it was COVID definitely became a second thought. It was not a concern really at all. I mean, you would still like when you're on calls with people and out, you're like, I mean, for months straight, you know, this feels so weird. It's been so long since we've seen you, you know, can't believe we're getting out. It just feels weird. Like, uh, I mean, people are still saying that all the time, but that was kind of the theme of the summer. Um, you know, got to do some fun trips, all that. And then obviously that brings us kind of to the beginning of the 13th year. So anyone that's been listening has been following for the last um, four months now. And it really hasn't been too major of a thought, obviously, from my time in Puerto Rico. Um, and when I go back, I'm sure that'll cha- be changed because, or will have changed because looking at the numbers, it has gotten horrible down there. They're one of the hotspots in the world um and that's only gonna continue as people go back after the holidays but uh in my phase one of my time there people were wearing masks and vaccine cards were required to get in places but it wasn't really a real concern and then as we got back and went to boston um it wasn't really that big of a concern we were talking about omicron you know masks were back and required as we were walking out which was a change, but then we got COVID and as the holiday season came around and we were like, all right, we should be testing daily. And we were testing daily, wearing masks. Like before we even knew I had COVID at our holiday party, everyone had to test negative. About half of the people I know had like their holiday parties canceled, had their trips canceled. And it's definitely back in the full effect. And after two years of COVID being around, I got you know, tested positive after being, I was very safe the entire time. And I got my booster a week later than I should have. And that probably was the difference maker. Yeah. Um, I mean, my grandparents, uh, caught COVID. Well, my dad and I, um, were on our, uh, national parks trip, which I can't remember if I note, uh, mentioned it or not on the podcast. It was kind of something that I wanted to keep a little private for their own sake. Um, I feel like I did very briefly, but Mm -hmm. that was definitely scary. Uh, My grandparents have uh, other health issues that makes COVID quite worrying. And they were just here a few days ago. Um, They were here when my dad tested positive. So uh, that's definitely kind of our main concern as a family is we know that we're all going to be okay, but uh, we're kind of most worried for them. Uh, so, yeah, and I just looked it up. Uh, let's see, what was, the, what was this? Two, was that today? Yesterday, U.S. daily record for cases is broken. Yeah, uh, and so it's that's coming back. only going to continue as um, time. I mean, it's only been like four days after Christmas. I'm sure that number could be broken tomorrow and i know uh all like you can't get a test right now in new york um we've been relying on the at-home test which we have been buying whenever they're like you can buy like usually two at a pharmacy if they're available so 
we've been like just hanging on to the couple we can get but uh i've been like calling places nothing available um and even some of them it's like like walgreens it's three to seven or five to seven days to get a response back which like it's just incredibly unhelpful when you have to wait for an incubation period and then you have to quarantine for five to seven days as you wait for a response like you think that after two years that that could be fixed and uh the governor is opening up some more testing sites today actually um so hopefully that makes a difference but it's crazy two years later and it is at the forefront of our minds yeah it's definitely not i mean i know a very significant part of the population is so sick of it that they don't care about any possible regulations anymore and it's done so much to hurt people um financially and stuff so people are going to be really really resilient to go back to any uh type of regulation but and i know we've had a few waves uh, more than a few but this is definitely the hardest we've been hit since the initial boom which is just crazy Crazy to think about yeah and this is the first time where I know many people who tested positive. And fortunately, they're saying Omicron is not as bad of a variant as Delta and the others prior, um, which is positive. Obviously, I have been asymptomatic for the majority of my time you know, with the disease, testing positive. So that's obviously positive um, or <laughs> not the right word to use there. That's obviously uh good news but you know contact with my grandparents and that's always been the concern during the whole pandemic is not really about us um so i i think that this is hopefully tells most of the story and there this doesn't get any more severe and there's not another chapter after this but it's uh seeming more and more possible that there might be several more chapters to this story yeah, uh, I haven't honestly done very much looking into this, but it sounds like they kind of project COVID to become pretty much like at the level of the flu or like common cold. And then this is kind of becoming its natural progression where it's going to get more contagious, but less dangerous. Uh, so hopefully, even though Omicron has been really bad and just been ravaging people, uh, and just spreading like crazy hopefully it is uh a lot more mild and continues to get more and more mild as far as um uh, severity goes and death rates go uh so i mean i guess that's the silver lining of it is that it looks like it's going on that track instead of the alternative which is getting really really deadly killing like all of its hosts and then becoming less deadly and more just transmissible yeah 100 percent. i mean um fortunately like the numbers the death rate is very low which is positive but it's not zero which yeah is negative one is too many yeah and i mean we'll see we'll see going forward but i think that brings us to the end of what has been our hour-long covid special obviously we hoped that we'd be spending <laughs> this would today... be a christmas special but uh together in our renovated studio for the christmas special but that has not been the case so 
Um, I'm hoping that I should be out of isolation tomorrow and I'll be able to go out with a mask on for the following days. Um, and with a negative test, I will be free. Um, but even like just, I called the hotline today, read the CDC, read the New York health department, uh, site, and they're all a little bit different in explaining what you need to do to kind of navigate having the virus. So that's just part of it is it's confusion. And even someone who, uh, you know, like I usually keep up and understand things pretty well. It's like, you know, hard to know exactly what you need to do. So hopefully, uh, I can get out of quarantine and be in good health soon. And hopefully, um, same with your dad and that it doesn't spread and in a worldly sense, things improve. So that brings us to the end of the 16th episode of the 13th year podcast. Make sure to check out our website, abodemedia.org, where Jack has committed to posting something new uh, before the next episode comes out. So keep your eyes out for the uh, 2022 New Year's Eve homecoming special, hopefully with our friends and hopefully, hopefully the COVID situation has improved by the time we record that. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.